Welcome to our class on Chassidus. This week we're going to be learning a beautiful Chassidic discourse of the Rebbe. It's actually a classical Chassidic discourse. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Yud Shvat, uh, and that year it was said, Mitzayi Shabbat, after Shabbat, on Parshas B'Shalach, and that year the Rebbe said three different Chassidic discourses on that weekend, and this is the third one, in the year Tav Shin Chav Dalit, 60 years ago. Now this Chassidic discourse is not certified and edited, but I want to give an introduction first. So since this is a Chassidic discourse, the Rebbe said in honor of Yud Shvat, and we know Yud Shvat is the anniversary when the Rebbe took on leadership, so the Chassidic discourse is unique, and it's a classic, because first of all, the Rebbe took on leadership, so he brings in, into this Chassidic discourse, his teachings from the Baal Shem Tov, the Magid, the Alter Rebbe, the Mittal Rebbe, the Tzem of Tzedek, the Rebbe Marash, the Rebbe Rashab, the previous Rebbe, and obviously the Rebbe is saying his ideas. So you're bringing in very, very, very powerful Hasidic and Chabad leaders into this Hasidic discourse. So that in itself is very powerful. There's a very powerful Kabbalistic ideas in this Hasidic discourse, but then there's a powerful lesson and an empowering lesson where God is with, with us wherever we are and whenever we are. So again, the Chassidic Discourse is based on the verse <coughs> where it says in the Prophets, Basi Lagani Kala, where God says, I came to my garden, my sister, my bride. So the Rebbe brings to the previous Rebbe in the Chassidic Discourse that he published um, in honor of his yard site, because he gave it out before his yard site, and he explains this verse where King Solomon says, Bossi Lagani, I came to my garden, and he explains, what does it mean, Lagani, my garden? Lignuni, which means the place where I was my mainstay. The, the intense uh, presence of Hashem was there before. What does that mean? Because the Iker Shechina, the main dwelling place of Hashem, was down in this world. Why is that? Because initially, the dwelling place of Hashem was totally in a revealed way in this world. And just like it was in the Garden of Eden before the sin. But unfortunately, through the different sins, and starting with the Eitz Hadas, the primordial sin, and the sins afterwards, it's like it says in the Medrash, that the Shechina, the presence of Hashem, started to leave this world. It means God started to conceal himself more, and he left the world, he went from one heaven to the next heaven, until he went into the seventh heaven. Afterwards, after God made a, um, an, uh, left, so to speak, this world and all the heavens to the higher level, he would conceal himself. Then after that came the tzaddik and righteous people, and they started to draw godliness down back into this world. Every one of the righteous people based on their unique service of Hashem. Up till the seventh one, who is the seventh one? Moshe Rabbeinu. And as we know, the Rebbe says, the seventh is always most beloved by Kodesh Baruch Hu. And he brought down the, 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 the Shechina from the, from the seventh heaven, if you're counting the top, the first, but from the last one closest to the world, down into this physical world. So that was the process of, of, of the period from creation. But God left over, over, over uh, several, gener- uh, several sins. And then when he came back down until up to Moshe Rabbeinu. 
And Rebbe says the same thing also applies to all the tzaddikim, all the righteous people. Like the verse says, tzaddikim yirshu aretz, the righteous people, they inherit the land, the yishkenu they cause God to, to dwell back into the world. In other words, they cause to draw down the, the, the holiness down physically in this world. And that's the whole idea where it says in the Torah, where God says, that when you learn Torah, you pray, you do mitzvot, God will dwell amongst us. How does that happen? How do we create that God should dwell within us? So spiritually, it's through the spiritual service of iskafia, when we practice restraint, and more importantly, when we go ahead and we do, it's we, tran- we transform a situation. In other words, first we start with restraint, restraining ourselves from doing what we shouldn't do. And then now that we don't do what we shouldn't do, we actually do something positive. And when we go ahead and do our spiritual work of escapio, restraint, and ishapka transformation, so what we do is we transform the negativity, the klipa, and then what happens is the stalik yikarad the kuchabricha b'kol almin that the powerful presence of Hashem is felt all over the world, and we, and the term stalik doesn't mean he leaves. It means actually it's a, 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 a tremendous revelation, and that's the whole concept of shachanti b'soicham. That when we do our avodah of learning Torah, doing mitzvahs, praying, and especially when we have to practice restraint from not wandering off and, and actually transforming the moment to a holy moment, we cause this powerful energy of Hashem to come, be revealed into the world. Now, what, so, and that is the idea of a shechanti b'soicham. Now, when it comes to the shechanti, where God is dwelling in this world, so the Rebbe says there's two ideas. One is the dwelling that Hashem dwells in the Mishkan, the tabernacle, and later on in the Beit HaMikdash, because we know that's where Hashem was, the main revelation of Hashem was in the, in the, in the Mishkan, the tabernacle, and the Beit HaMikdash. And so that's one idea. The revelation is where? In, in the physical space of the Mishkan and the Mikdash. But also it says besoicham plural, which is referring to every single Jewish person. In other words, when we do our spiritual work of praying, studying Torah, doing mitzvahs, practicing eskafia and eshabcha, we cause that Hashem dwells in the world and uh, we affect the literal dwelling of Hashem literally into the Mishkan and the Mikdash. So we know Zerba saying Vashachanti is accomplished in two places. One in the physical world, the Mishkan and the Mikdash, and be within within each and every one of us. And that's why when the main service in the Mishkan was bringing the sacrifices. Why? Because what's a sacrifice? He brings from the Rabbeinu Bachaya. And that who brings in the, and who, 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 and, and from the Zohar, that says, what is the idea of a sacrifice? A carbon, a Hebrew, the Hebrew word for car, for a sacrifice is carbon. Carbon comes from the word of karoiv. So when we're creating a closeness between the physical world and the spiritual world. And where do they bring the sacrifices? In the Mishkan, in the tabernacle. As we know, in the Mishkan, how was the Mishkan made? As it says in the Torah, they'll cease to crush you, you should make planks for the Mishkan. They were made out of acacia wood. Now, what? Now, that's the physical world wood. What is the spiritual significance? That the, the the spiritual significance of shittim, which is referring to acacia wood, like it says in the Talmud, it comes from the word of shittim. Comes from the same word of shtus, silliness. And from this silliness, that's what we use to make the build the mishkan. In other words, what does that mean? Because we know in general the reason why somebody unfortunately sins. No one intentionally wants to rebel against Hashem. So it's called a Ruach Shtus, the spirit of silliness goes into the person. 
And as we know that shtusilinus also comes from the same word of of of, of sata, which means that you're veering off the the the, 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 the straight path. And when we go ahead and we reverse that, and as we transform the silliness of the 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 the, uh, the outside the world of holiness, and we make from that silliness, we make a plank for the Mishkan itself. So that's on a physical level. What on a spiritual level? What do we do with transforming the sheker, which is the uh, sheker is falsehood, which is the same letters as as keresh, which is the plank. We transform the falsehood of the world, and we make the planks should should be a dwelling place for Hashem. And this way, Hashem can have a shachanti b'soicham in this world. Rebbe says, who is the one that does this spiritual work? In other words, <clears throat> that um, the, the work that we need to do in a way that we, we fix the world, so to speak, we transform the world. And, ha- and since we have to go ahead and transform the silliness of, which is basically lower than intellect, because intellect tells us to do the right thing. So in other words, it's not enough to do intellectual work because but unfortunately that couldn't save us and like the like and like the rambam says in in, in the code of the jewish law in the section of hilchas deus the way of the way the way of uh, uh, serving hashem so he says as follows generally speaking the way we serve hashem is middle of the road middle of the road is always the best way however what happened if somebody veered off the path so it's not just enough to go back to the middle of the road. You have to veer off on the positive side. Off, uh, on, uh, you have to veer off on the positive side, and then you come to the, to, to the middle. So how much more so when a person veers off in a silly way and gets involved in the falsehood of the world? So in, in order to go ahead and transform the world and make it back to a dwelling place for Hashem, you can't just go ahead and do the, the basic service. And you have to. You know, it means you have to go ahead and do even above intellect. Like he brings in a talent where it says that um, the rabbi would go ahead and he would be like silly in a positive way. He would dance so much, so off the charts to bring simcha, to bring happiness by a wedding. So in other words, so what do we see from here? Who can go ahead and accomplish this mission? The, who is that? So like it says in the Torah, Tzivois Hashem, someone that's in the army of Hashem. In other words, what is someone that's a soldier in the army? A soldier we know doesn't just go on, on a simple path. A soldier, I'll say it in Hebrew, I'll translate, goes on a serious nefesh. A soldier is willing to give up his life. Why? To, be, to win the war. Because if you're not willing to go on self-sacrifice, you're not going to win the war. The only way you're going to win if you're willing to, I mean, you don't have to give up your life. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But you have to be willing to give up your life. And that's basically the job of every single Jewish person, because we're all part of God's army. And like it says in the, like it says in Tanya, even the most simplest person is willing to go ahead and give up their life for for our Kaddish Baruch Hu. And that's our avoidah to transform the world. We don't just do it the middle of the world. We actually go into an extreme that we're willing to give up our life, to learn Torah, to pray, do mitzvot, to practice eskafia, restraint, and eshapka transformation. And through that we make that God dwells in the world. And that's what he continues on to say. How do we do it? So there's a tremendous treasure that Hashem gives us. Hashem gives us the tools to do it. It's called the treasure. And like we see, for example, literally, when there's a war, and even when, when there's a war, so the, at, at, during the war, they give all the treasures, even treasures that they never even opened up. 
And not only that, they take not only the king's treasures of the present time, but they'll take treasures that exist from previous generations and something which is so, so precious. But when it comes to a war and it comes to being successful in the war, a person's willing to give up their life and you're willing to, to, to share any treasure you have and not only yours, but your ancestors, etc. And this, this approach of, I'll say it in Hebrew, bizbuz, just giving it all out, that creates the energy that we need to win the war. Now, even though, so when you open up the treasures, so first you give it to the generals, to the big officers, but ultimately, who does it have to go to? It goes to the foot soldiers, the ones that are on the front line going on self-sacrifice. In other words, even though there are people that are strategizing in the war, people that are in charge, and they know all the wisdom and all the strategies of, of the war, etc., but the fact is, in order to be successful in the war, from the top to the bottom, you have to use and massage which attribute, the attribute of Netzach. We know in the sphere, there's ten spheroids, and the attribute of Netzach. Um, which is deep in the soul, that, that, that gives us the power to say we're going to do whatever it takes to be successful in this war, in a physical war to get rid of the enemy, in a spiritual war to get rid of the, the, the spiritual enemy. And therefore, we see that even, that by, that by, a, even by a king, that, that he's not necessarily in the front line, but the king has within him, the attribute of Netzach is very strong within the king. And like it's explained in the Hasidic discourse, like what it says in reference to a Torah scholar, that a Torah scholar that doesn't stand up for, 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 for respect for, for, for the Talmud, he's not considered a Torah scholar. Even though you want to be humble and you, you want, you want, and, 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 you, and you don't want to be aggressive at times, but when it comes sometimes to, re, to, to stand up to respect the Torah, you have to have that attribute of, of Nitzachin. Like the expression is, Noikim or Noikim Kanachash. You have to be willing to stand up for, for, for the truth. And that's the power of Nitzachin. However, Deborah says, it's very, very important to know that when you're using Nitzachan, which is a very, very powerful tool, you have to be careful not to, to, do, to use it right and not to use it, obviously, in the wrong and inappropriate ways. Now, how much more so? When it comes to a king, as we know, the king we know is higher than everybody. The king is the king of, 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 of above everybody, even amongst all, uh, greater than all the officers, etc. So obviously the king has to have the attribute of Tzachayin that he is going to win has to be very, very strong. And therefore, even the treasures, and nobody even saw them. Not only is he open them and he gives them, but he actually he gives it without any limit, and he gives it obviously to to the, to the people in the war. They can successful in the war, and um, not only do they give things which are higher than things that uh, that are usually revealed, but even deeper than than things that that, that are revealed. Like we call a treasure, something which is a total treasure which is locked up, and like it says, like something which is uh, totally locked up that people never saw it. Besides the king himself, and but in order that we should be successful in the war, in other words, to transform the force of the world and to make it from Sheker into the planks of the Mishkan, and through that we should accomplish our mission of Vishakanti Gacha dwelling there, so they give from, from on high everything that's needed. It's even not revealed, and even on, even from the deepest level, that it should totally be revealed. So what the Rebbe is saying is that obviously, in order to be successful in our spiritual war, Hashem gives us everything—treasures upon treasures, like the example He uses in regular war. 
Now, this level of revelation that gets revealed in order to succeed in the war, it's a revelation which is called, and I'll say it in Hebrew, the Kabbalistic term, Ein Soif, it, it has no end, the Ein Tachos has no beginning. So it's almost like infinite, no beginning, no end, it's infinite. That gets revealed. And that's when he brings um, the, 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 the teaching from the, from the Tikkune Zoyar. The Zohar says, and I'll use the, he, he say the word in Hebrew, Oyer Ein Soif, referring to the infinite light, Lamaila, Lamaila Adin Ketz, it goes on to the highest level, and Lamata Mata Adin Tachos goes to the lowest level. Now, so even though we're using the term light, and we know light is all about revelation, but we're not dealing with a regular type, regular type of life, but with light, but we're talking about a light which is Ein Soif. And it's a, what type of light? It's one that goes to the highest places and to the lowest places. And just again, to, to be clear, we, we always, when we say the term high, low, we don't term, refer to physically high, spiritually, uh, physically low. We're talking about spiritually high with this great revelation and spiritually low with this tremendous concealment. So the oyer, the infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that's all over from the highest to the lowest. And that's what they give us to be successful in the war. And we'll soon, soon later, even more than that. Now, so he explains this powerful light that's revealed. So we want to talk how powerful it is. So he starts to explain that this powerful light goes to the lowest places. And we say low, we mean low in the, the level of the way things flow in the world of Seder Heishtalshlis, the world of Atzillus, Bria, Tzia, Sia, etc. Up until it comes down to this physical world the materialistic world, and not only in this physical world, so not only, so, so you have Atzilos, without this physical world, now in this physical world you have things which are holy, and things which are neutral, so to speak, but this light comes even into the world of the Klipot, that, where God is not revealed, actually God is concealed, and that's also connected to this physical world. And like he explains over there, even deeper, it goes down even lower than the world of Klippa. Like the author explains in Tanya, and he says that a person that sins against the Kaddish Baruch Hu is spiritually lower than the world of Klippa. Why? Because Klippa is like the example is when the, the, the example Tanya uses that let's say, for example, the king wants to test his child. So what does he do? He hires a prostitute to see, to try to seduce him, to see how strong he is with his values. So the fact is, the, 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 the prostitute that he hires, that's Klippot. But, but, she was hired by the king to, te- to test. And that's why, and that's why it was created. So it's Klippot, but it was, it was okayed by the king to see if you can pass a test. But the person, unfortunately, fails a test. And the person that sins and actually go and rebels against the will of a king, it's actually lower than Klippot. So that's even a lower level. And even there, the light goes there. And so even here, where a person that sins and actually rebels in ideas of, of, of the opposite of holiness or even things which are permissible, and you have even deeper than that, like the author of Blaine's and Tanya, like somebody unfortunately that rebels against Hashem, it's like taking the king of the, 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 the head of the king and you're bringing it down into like a, like a cesspool. And like the author explains over there at Blaine's and Tanya. In other words, so what's our job? That to take ideas of holiness, and, and uh, a step further, people take holiness and they actually transform it and they and they rule against the Torah's opinion and against the will of Hashem. Because the lowest level is to take 
literally Hashem's Torah and to say the opposite of it. And say to do the opposite of what Hashem wants. And, but the point is that, the, that, that, that powerful light of Hashem, guess what? Goes to the lowest places. Okay. Up until here is the first 13 chapters of the lengthy Hasidic discourse of the previous Rebbe. Now, for this year, the Rebbe's going to explain more in depth the 14th chapter. So this is going to be the, 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 the intense part of the, of the Hasidic discourse today, going into the 14th chapter in depth. So in the 14th chapter, the previous Rebbe brings and he says, based on the verse from the prophets where it says, the Ata Mechaya Eskulam. You, referring to Hashem, Mechaya give life, Eskulam everything. So everything, literally everything. So now remember, we say the Ata referring to Hashem, Mechaya is life, and Ekulam means everything. So everything, from the highest to the lowest, everything gets its life force from where? From HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, even though there's the lowest level, like we just explained before, you know, with the world of Asiyah, Klipot, the person that sins against Hashem, and people someone that rebels against Hashem, etc. Um, and we explained what level, one level lower than the other. But then, nevertheless, what does the verse say? The Ata, you, Mechayas Kulam, the lowest, lowest level, who, who caused it to exist? Hashem. So before we say, oh, he hired the prostitute and the person that's sinning, but the Rebbe says, no, no, even the person that's sinning, who is giving the person energy they can sin? Hashem. Now, this one says, Ata, you, so what part of Hashem are we talking about? So obviously, if it says the Ata, you're describing you, some kind of level, it's a proof, it's not talking about the Atmos, the essence of Hashem. Because you know the essence of Hashem, you can't describe it by based on a letter and a word and a description. So it's not talking about the essence of Hashem. Now, so even though, so it's a lower level. But we know what it says that when you pray, you should pray to Hashem, not to a, not to a level. And it's God forbid, you can't say that there's something other than Hashem that gives life for us. <clears throat> so, but nevertheless... When it comes to the energy, it's possible that the energy can come from the essence of Hashem, the way the way the essence is. That's one. That's one level, or the way the essence of Hashem wants to conceal Himself in a in a in a very high light. That, to reference to this level, it's considered dark. In other words, so since He uses the term viata. And like, especially the author explains in, 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 in Tanya and Shari Yuchen Muna, where it says, the Ata Machayes Kulam. So the Ata is spelled Aleph Tav Hey. So the author says Aleph Tav is referring to all the letters from Aleph to Tav. And the Hey is referring to the five different expressions of, 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 of in the mouth. So in other words, so in these letters, Aleph to Tav and the Hey, the five different ways you, you articulate the, the, the different letters, that gives life force. So in other words, we're not talking about the Atmos, the way it's on its own, but it's talking about the essence of Hashem, and the Hashem conceals Himself through the letters. So the Atom is Kulam, again, so it's not talking the essence of Hashem, it's talking like one drop lower, the way the essence conceals Himself in the letters. And through those letters, that gives life force to the world and to everything in the lowest level. And the author continues on to explain, don't only read the Atomachaya, you give life, which means you you give life force, but it means Mahaba, means you actually create everything. So Mechaya means you're giving it, you're, you're giving it um, a, a lifeline. Mahava means you actually created it. 
And this is, what, this is what he explains in this chapter 14, that you, referring to again the part of the essence weight, the lower level weights in the letters, give, give a lifeline um, to everything, so also gives literally the creation of everything. It was both to create and both to give it energy after, after it's created. Now, even though... Uh, there's the fact is that there's a big difference between creation and giving it energy, and I've explained in many places um, in, in the Chassidus at length that when Hashem creates um, th- this world and the human being, this world, so Hashem created us in a way that Hashem is concealed from the creation that He created up to the point that we should think that we created ourselves, and that's the fact. That's the ego. That's where the ego comes from. Hashem created us all. But the fact is, Hashem conceals Himself. So if we walk around, we say, "I, you, etc." Why? Because even though Hashem created us, but He conceals Himself to think that we should think that we that who we are, we are. However, when it comes to literally staying alive, and you think about how am I even staying alive? How is my brain, my heart, my whole body working? Ah, so you come to the realization. Now, even though it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, uh, a, a, a small meditation, but you realize there's somebody that's allowing me to live. That my brain is working, my heart's working, my feet are, every part of my body's working. Someone's allowing me to live. Now, and like it gives the example when it says in the Torah, Tatshaya Aritz Desha, that the earth should, get, should, 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 should give off its produce. So there's two components. In other words, before anything was created, and and then you have something which is created. So the first part, Hashem has to create anything that, that, that anything that's growing. But afterwards, you have to sustain it as well. And as we see, there are certain plants, for example, need a lot, a lot of rain. And then you see certain plants, too much rain is no good. You need less from after rain. And the same thing also, you see different levels of, of heat, um, temperatures that, that different plants need. So when you meditate about the fact that this needs more and this needs less, etc., you realize the way Hashem is literally making every single plant grow, and that that allows it that allow, that gives it its life force. But after you realize, from what we see the way it grows, that it's coming from Hashem, we come to understanding that not only not only is it grow from Hashem, but we also see that someone actually cre- created it. Why is that? Because a physical thing can, can create himself, and this is and this is what what it, what it says. Um, this is what it, what it says, and in a revealed way, and the Torah says, "The Atam Achayas Kulam." You give life force to everything. In other words, and that's how we learn. Like Doctor taught us, not only we give it life force that allows it to grow, but we actually Hashem actually created it. In other words, when we say don't read giving it life force, but read creating it, it's not coming to take one away from the other. It's actually adding that from the way you watch, the way something is growing, you come to the understanding and realization that the, not only is it growing from Hashem, but it's also created from Hashem. And the fact that both of those are in the same the, the, uh, in the same word, so so obviously you see that 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 one brings to the other. So what we see is 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 the growth. The growth we realize comes from Hashem. And then we realize that even the creation is from Hashem. And that's why it, it, it says in this verse that, that Hashem is in here to create and to maintain. And the infinite light does both. And as it creates it and it maintains us. 
So again, so what, what's Rebbe saying over here? So the act of kula means Hashem creates and maintains everything from the highest to the lowest level. Now, this idea that Hashem creates and maintains is in everything that in, the, in this world. In other words, it says back is kulam. Kulam means everything. And those everything means not only holiness or things that are neutral. And we find many places that when it says uh, that most is like all of it. No, but over here he says that that it's referring to everything. Like he brings the verse that says that Hashem is zon umefarnes. Hashem feeds and sustains In other words, that Hashem feeds from literally from the from the from the horn of the ox to the eggs of the lice, from the greatest to the smallest thing. Everything comes from Hashem. Everything. In other words, this that says the Atomachayas Kulman, you Hashem, give it life force. Like he, so he brings from the Alta Rebbe, and as you notice that he's bringing in all the different teachings from again, like we mentioned before, from the Balshanta, the Al Manga, the Alta Rebbe, etc. So now he brought the Alta Rebbe, and he brings now he brings Alta Rebbe that brings the commentary of the Balshanta, that what it says in in in, in the verse, the Oilam Hashem Dvor that you the words of Hashem are forever standing in he- in heaven. In other words, the letters of the Atta, the Aleph Totov, are literally standing without any deviation. And that causes the world to be created and, 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 to, and to maintain its creation. So therefore, anything that exists, exists in the world, because we know a, a yesh, a materialistic thing, can't make itself. So it's not only, it's not, it's not majority, but literally from the highest levels, which is basically, which is basically the, the horns of, a, of an ox, which is the which is the biggest creation till the egg of, of a lice, which is the smallest one. Everything was created and maintained by Hashem, and just like it's on the physical level, the same thing also applies on a spiritual a spiritual level. Why? Because we know that that materialism comes from spirituality. So if it consists physically, it's obviously that way in a spiritual level as well, and that's what it says in, in Kabbalah. But this that it says from Kane Reimim. Was it referring to, so on a physical level, he's saying the horns of an ox, but it's actually referring to a very, very high level spiritually, which is actually referring to the ten spheres of the sphere of Kesser. And as we know that Kesser is, 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 is the, is the greatest, is the greatest sphere. And Kesser itself, it's, it's, it's in the level of Kane, the top part of Kesser. Up until it goes to the highest level of Kesser, that's on one extreme. And the other extreme, it goes to Beit Zikinim, which is referring to the smallest creation spiritually, you know, the smallest part of, of godliness, that as we know that ain't oid mulvadeh, there's no place in the world, there's nothing that does not exist without the power of Hashem. Even works of witchcraft, of the, obviously, of not a holy place. And that's why it says in Priyat Chaim, on reference to the, uh, the, the spirituality that was in the Kinnim, that he says that Kinnim, is spelled with a chaf, nun, yud, mem. Chaf is 20, nun is 50, yud is another 10, and mem is 40. So that's 120. What's 120? 120 is referring to, again, thinking like kinnim, which is, so to speak, the lowest level is 120, which is 120 permutations of God's name, Elohim. 
Because as we know that Elohim is the, is one that shields over Yudke Vavke, so it's the part that conceals, and that's why Elohim is, it has the same numerical value as, as, as Hatheba nature. So even in there, the highest, the lowest revelation, concealment, God is everywhere. And that's actually why it's called Kinim. And like he brings a teaching in the Magadah's Mezrich, and again, you see he's bringing in all the Chabad Rebbe and Roshet the Magad, and based on what it says in, in Ethics of Our Fathers, where it says, Nagan Shmo when you want to make your name great, you actually lose your name. So he says that the, the nickname, and like he brings in the truth of, of Marik, that this, the, the nickname actually destroys the name, and, the, and, the, and it comes in its place. What, what comes in its place? The nickname comes in its place. So the same thing also, the losing of the name, that Hashem wanted to what? Create a name for himself. So what happened was he traveled for 500 years up until the lowest, lowest places where God is concealed. So knows he lost, so to speak, the concealment of his name. So knows, so what, what happens when he lost the concealment of names? So you have, you have the nickname. And that is the spiritual level of Kainai Rem, the highest level of Keter, all the way down to Beit Zikinim, which is referring to even the level of Klipot. So in other words, basically what he's saying is that the infinite, the infinite part of Hashem, the Atta exists from the highest levels physically to the lowest levels physically, and the highest level spiritually to the lowest level spiritually, wherever it is, Hashem is there. And then he goes on to say as follows. And like we explained before, at length, when we say on the lowest levels, it's also referring to the world of Klippa and also someone that literally is rebelling against Hashem. So, and, so on this he brings the verse that it says, a powerful verse, in Esak Shamayim Shamata. So if I go up to heaven, Hashem is there. I go down literally to the abyss, to the lowest level, Hineka Hashem is there as well. In other words, Sha'il, the lowest level, is what is, what is it referring to? It's, it's the punishment for somebody who rebels against Hashem. But nevertheless, he says, even though that see Sha'il, go down to the lowest level, you're there. Even in the lowest level, the infinite line of Hashem is there. And like he brings from the, the, Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, so again, we have the Balshemto, the Magid, the Altar, and now he brings from the Tzemach Tzedek, but the middle of the Rebbe, that this that we say, <coughs> it, so to speak, it, it, together, in other words, just like when I go up to the highest level, you're there. The same thing also when I go to the lowest level, you're the, it's the same thing. It's not like it's a different God in heaven and a different God on earth, different God in, in, in synagogue and different God in, in a place where people are making trouble. Same God all over the place. Same God on all levels from the, from the middle of the Rebbe. And, and, and like he explains over there at length, and that's the whole idea where it says, Hashem made both. Hashem made where God is revealed, and Hashem made where God is concealed. And that's why we see that in, on, on a spiritual level, we have Karni Re'emim on a spiritual level, which we said is the highest level of Kesser. The highest level, and so where does it come from? How, how, do, how, do, how do you get the energy even to the highest level? It comes through, like it's explained in Kabbalah, Sa'aresha, the hair of the head. What does that mean? And, and also through the hair of, 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 of the beard on high. Why is that? Because the, in order to draw in the energy, you can't bring in the essence of the light. It would, it would totally blow it up. So you have to have tzimtzumim, you have to contract the light. Up to the point you have to have like a, a, a blockage of the skull, of the skull on a spiritual level. And afterwards, after you have the, the, the symptom, the, the contraction, and you have the, the blockage of the skull, you're able to pull out, um, through the, the hairs. And specifically through the contraction and the blockages, you're able to, um, receive 
and able to grasp the, the light. Otherwise, it would be too powerful. So, so, he, so here you see the most, the, the, how powerful the light is. Because we, we, it, it's so powerful that it's too powerful. So we have to pull it out. But so you see, we're dealing with a very powerful light. And the same thing also, that's on the highest level. In Keter, it comes through the Cyrus. But the same thing also in the opposite uh, uh, level. And, and, and in, the, in the place of Klippot, uh, that uh, even over there, where you have God in a, in, a, in a contracted way. And, and you and you create more of a contraction until you get the, the proper hears that the light comes through. And, and, and that's how you're able to, that's how the light is able to go into the level of Klippot. But the point is that you have the same light on the highest level, lowest level, they all go through the same Syrot. One is the holy Syrot, the hears, and one is the, the, the unholy one. And that's why we know that when it comes to hear by a woman, it's called erva. What does it mean in erva? Um, because you can have the hear by a woman, it's too powerful for us to see, and therefore, and, and therefore it has to be covered. However, when it comes to a, a, a Nazarite, those hears are holy. As it says clearly in the Torah, Kaddish Yeh Gadol Why is that? Because by a Nazarite, the hears are holy. And on the other hand, by a woman, though, hears are coming through con- contractions and concealment and judgment, and, 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 and unfortunately, it can go to the wrong place if you don't protect it and cover, cover it up. But nevertheless, what does it say in the prophets? Mi beten sha'oil shivati. In other words, from the, from the, from the stomach of the abyss, we reached out to Hashem and Hashem heard us. In other words, literally from the, from the abyss. We, we, we understood and we heard godliness. Not only that, like he explains over there, Moirid Sha'il Vayal, that specifically, that we, through the punishment of going down into the lowest levels, and we know that punishment is an important idea, that punishments in the Torah is not God for punishment, God forbid. You know, we know Torah is all about chesed, Torah is all about kindness. And even, even the punishments that are in Torah, it's really all chesed, it's all kindness, so that we can go ahead and get rid of the junk and come to great, greater good. Now, sin, but since there is a punishment of going down Sha'il to the lowest level, so obviously, if it's going down to the lowest level, so it's not, don't look at it's going, look what's going to come from it. By going down to the lowest level, you can go to the highest places. <clears throat> and, and matter of fact, and, and it was worth it. To go down to get stuck in the lowest places, so that you can go through that, you can go to the highest. You can go to the higher places, and literally, Shul we know is lower than the Klippa. So therefore, he explains that when you go down to the lowest places and you go up, that the elevation is based on the the the, the on, on the downgrade. And like it says in, in, in the Talmud, it's better to be judged and, and then come to ultimately to the world of truth. Why is that? The, why is that? Because since when you have a heavy, heavy judgment, that will bring the greatest pleasure and the greatest good. So we see that even by a person that sinned, like we mentioned before, the lowest level, the person sinning, it's worse than Klippot, and literally rebelling in Gansh Hashem, and you take literally the Torah and you bring it down to the wrong places. But even over there... Even in the lowest places, the power of the Hasidic discourse, the inspiration, even there, guess what's there? The infinite light is there. Literally, in the lowest places, Hashem is everywhere. The highest, lowest, the same Hashem is all over. Now, just like the way Hashem, the infinite light is in the lowest places, the, the infinite light is there, it's not just there in a watered-down way, it's there in a way of, with no limits. Ain't tachlis, it ain't soif. 
How, so the question is, how can the infinite light be in the highest and the lowest places? So he explains, because the light is, is simple. It's simple. When things aren't complicated, it can be all over. When you get complicated, that's when you can't only be here, you can't be there, etc. But when it's simple, it can be all over. And because it's simple, it can be on the lowest level as well. And from here we see that even when it's in the lowest level of the light, it's there on the most simple way, and it doesn't get affected. And it doesn't get moved. And it doesn't get uh, diluted from being, why? Because it's simple. It can tolerate, it, 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 it appreciates the highest, and it, and it totally connects to the lowest level. Now, even though we find in many places that there is an effect and a change and an effect based on, on different things, but Drebbe says that all starts from where? That starts from the vessels in the world of Bria, Yitzira, and Asiya. Because that's already materialistic. That's the beginning of Yesh. And over there, yes, in the vessels of Bria, Yitzira, Asiya, lower level light, that that does, that does get affected. And like he brings from, uh, at length, from the, the Rebbe, the Tzermach Sadex, again, we had the Baal Shem Tov, the Magi, the Alter Rebbe, the Mittler Rebbe. And now he brings from the, uh, the Tzermach Sadek, that even in the vessels of Atzillus, so again, so you have Atzillus, Bria, Tzia, Asiya. So he says, where does physicality start? In the vessels of Bria, Tzia, Asiya. You have vessels in, Atzil, in the world of Atzillus, but in the, even in the vessels of Atzillus, the Tzermach Sadek says, even though it's called a vessel, there's no change in those vessels. It doesn't get infected or intimidated by the, by anything. And like he explains, based on a, a, a foundation of the Hasidic teaching of the Alter Rebbe, with the uh, which is handwritten by um, the uh, the father of, of the of the of the son of the, the Mittler Rebbe, based on what it says in, in Zoyer, Parshas Vayetzei, and he says like this. This is from the Zohar. So Hashem says, "Afilu deli," which is referring to the vessels. Of the world of Atzilus, lo yishtamish el lach, but the vessels only from one your vessels. In other words, he explains, Manin is referring to the vessels, and my vessels is the vessels of Atzilus. Your vessels is the vessel of Bria CSC. That's already part of creation. And he continues on to explain over there, like that's explained in the Chassidic discourse of Shav Shav the year Tuf Kuf Son of Beis, which is a, 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 a book from the from the Mitzvah Rebbe. So we have the Mitzvah again with the commentaries of Semach Tzadik, and he explains that the vessels of Atzilus, since in the world of Atzilus, Iyu v'chayeyuchad, Iyu v'garmeyuchad, that means the light and the vessel is one. So you can't say that the the, the that the vessel is, is finite, and it's God meant to say something about our godliness. But so in other words, over there in the world of Atzilus, it's all one. So if that's the case, why is it called a vessel? If you're saying in the world of Atzilus, the light and the vessel is all infinite, so why is it a vessel? And the answer is that the vessel is infinite. But from this vessel, on its own it's infinite, but it has the power to create something outside of that Atzilus that should be finite. And that, and that, and, and that, that, um, that cause, is caused by the tensor of Atzilus. And specifically by the vessels of Atzilus. And that's why it's called Monin, which are vessels. In other words, because it creates a vessel for the next word, world, but it itself is infinite. And like we see, and there is an example, the way it applies in, our, in, 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 in us human beings down here. Because we know that we com- are compared to on high. And it's like, for example, you have the, the, the power of writing in your hand. 
So when you sit down to write, you have the power to write, and you write one letter. How do you write one letter? With the fingers that you have that you write a letter. Now, through these fingers, you can write multiple letters. You can write any letter you want, but you're choosing to write one letter. So what happens? So even though you're, you're limiting it to write with ink on, 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 a, on a parchment, only this, le le this letter, even though you have the power to do all of it. So if it works by human being that we only, we limit ourselves to one, write one letter, even though we can write all of them. So obviously in world of Atsilas, <laughs> for sure it's understood. In other words, how is it possible to have finite in the world, in the world of Atsilas? And those, and to limit something out of it? And those, how, like, and how much more so he, like, he brings to the Raman that says that Hashem and his intellect is all one. And like he, like the, like the famous line that he says that who, he is the, the, the knowledge, he is the understanding, and he's the thing that's being understood. And that's referring to the essence. But how much more so could you say it what on the world of Atsilas? Okay. <clears throat> So what is, what is he saying? He's saying is that basically the infinite light of Hashem goes all over. The, the infinite light of Hashem, uh, the infinite light of Hashem is all over. And, um, <clears throat> and how does he do that? It's because he's totally, totally, sim he's totally fine and totally simple and totally pure. And he says the weirdest, and why? Because in the world of Atsilas, the light and the vessel is totally pure, and that's why it can be in all levels. Once you come down to the world of Briyatsiyasiyah, then already the vessel takes shape and form, etc. And like he says, like we see, also in practicality. And he gives a beautiful analogy of this idea. And he gives the analogy of the difference between Yosef at Tzaddik and the Shvatim, the tribes, Yosef's brothers. So he says the difference between Yosef was that it says in the Torah that he came to the house to do his work. What was his work? He was busy with all the calculations of the government, etc. And the tribes, they, they couldn't comprehend such a thing. Why is that? Because what was what are the what are, what's what's the, the, the Joseph and the brothers? The brothers they took care of sheep. You know they were totally in meditation. They were disconnected from anything physical, from worldly affairs, and they didn't want to be bothered. They just wanted to connect to Hashem. They wanted to be spiritual human beings. Uh, so what happens? They couldn't recognize they, that somebody like Yosef could be involved in the world, and he could be the one that's the you know, second in command to Paroi into a, a land which is solely de de decrepit and he could be so powerful where it says that no one could no one no one was able to pick up his hand or anything to Yosef and it was everything of Mitzrayim he ran it but nevertheless he served Hashem just like the world of Atsilas why is that and he very saying powerfully beautifully because Yosef was world was Atsilas in other words, Yosef was a, 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 lived in this world that he's connected to the world of Atzilus, his spirituality, his, 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 his DNA was, a, was a, a Atzilus DNA. Versus the tribes, the brothers, were the world from the world of Bria. And like to explain that length in, in, in the classical works of the Alter and Terror. So because of that, since he was connected to Atzilus, the world didn't bother him. It, it, didn't, uh, it, didn't, it didn't cause any change or effect in him. And like he, like he told the brothers, what did he tell them? In other words, <coughs> he he's not the he's not connected to to the world of a of Bria He's above it, and as he is down in this world, just like he's in the world of Atzilus, up to the point that we find this as well in later generations. And like he brings from the now there brings from the Rebbe Marash, 
<coughs> that he says that, um, <coughs> and he gives, and he, he brings that idea, and he gives an example the way he was in generations afterwards. So he says that the, the, based on the term, it says Goli Viadua. It was revealed and it was known. So he explains, the Rebbe Marash explains what the Ramam says in reference to Hashem, Hu Ayedea, he's the one that knows. Hu Ayedua, he's the one that's known. In other words, it's referring to an perspective which is called Das Elyon, an understanding from a high level understanding. And then there's something which is called Das Tachtoin, a lower level understanding, two different, two different perspectives. In other words, from the perspective of Das Tachtoin, you know, from a low level perspective, so to speak, the world of Briyat Sia, Sia, so he's, oh, he's the one that understands, which means that using like terminologies, finer terminologies, that means it was before he understood, and then it was after he understood, or in a way that it's revealed and known. Like he brings to the Medrash that um, that the thought, which is in the heart of the human being, was 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 no is known automatically. So in other words, so what he's saying is like this: recap. Yosef and the brothers, two different worlds. Yosef is a world of Atzilus, so it means he could be in this world and doesn't affect him. Why? Because <laughs> even though he's in this world, but he it's all it's all God. The brothers. We're in this world, and it's worlds. So how do you, if you're involved in the world, you're hacking you with God, so they have to disconnect. The same thing also, he says, the, the perspective above is, Hashem knows, that, that he's the knower, the knowing, it's all, it's all one. But in the world of Bria, what's the perspective? Is before the knowledge, is the knowledge, is the after the uh, uh, knowledge, etc. So basically, he, expl- the, he, he explains, the Alter explains, that, you know, what we find, that, um, <coughs> That on high, everything in the world, so to speak, is included on high. And like, for example, when you have different, you know, uh, thoughts that uh, can disturb you, trying to focus on God and Godliness, you have different thoughts that come. But the, so why? Because we're in a finite level. But the, uh, on high, it's all it's all one. Before, or after, all the thoughts, it's, it's like it's it, it operates in a whole different perspective. And like it says in the, in the Talmud. The, when you when they would go in kibnei maraim that we that you how do you count you count how do you count them you count them one by one, in other words that's the way Hashem has divine providence on every single individual, but and 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 but on the other hand it, even though it's even though it's individual it doesn't create any confusion so how is that possible? So he says that's when it's on the level of das elyon like it's goli via dua it's known automatically. And like we've, and, we, and same ideas, just like what Yosef said, just like Yosef, it didn't affect him because he was on a higher level. Same thing also, Hashem can know everything, but it doesn't affect him. Now, so the question is, how is it possible that there could be, there could be a change in 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 Ur, in the light on high, and those in the, like in the Mandali, in the world of Atzilus? In other words. Because this is only possible in something which is called koichas nefesh, the, the powers, not the light, but in the powers. And like he, like the example he used before, when a person wants to write, that even though the essence of the soul is higher than any any limitations, but how does it happen? Because the, the the power of writing goes through the hand and it goes through the fingers, and because obviously in higher matzilas there's, there's no hand, there's no fingers, etc. But how does that work? How could it come down? And the answer is because there's a concept called kol yachal. Hashem could do anything. 
Nothing is, a, nothing, nothing is diff- difficult, nothing is a contradiction, he can do anything. So therefore, even though in Atsilos, there is, no, there, there is no, there is, there, it doesn't create any difference. But because, because Hashem could do everything, even though in Atzilus the vessels are, are infinite, but you can affect that from vessels in Atzilus can cause that the vessels outside of Atzilus. And like he explained before from the Rebbe Marash, and that's also an explanation why you have the existence of, 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 of bad and evil. And like it says, like it says in the, in the prophets, of Voyre Rai created Rai Rai created evil. He created bad. You know, so even though how can he create bad if it doesn't exist in the world of Silas? How, how does he how do you create it? And if it's finite, and he says the same idea because what's the source of evil or bad? It comes from the limitation which <coughs> which gets created afterwards. So it's it's a it's a it's a it's a deep idea. In Atzilus, it doesn't exist, but from Atzilus, you could create it in the next world. And like and like he expo- like he explains, like he finishes off and he says that same thing also we saw by the leaders of the Jewish people. And he brings, <coughs> the, like he brings from the from the middle of the Rebbe, the second Chabad Rebbe, and based on what the Balshanta says, that he he uh, who's able to affect. That when he was standing on the high, in the, so to speak, on a high, uh, in the high worlds, he was able to, even though he was on a very, very spiritual level, he was able to answer about things in this world. Now, <clears throat> even though in order to answer things in this world, you have to be, you have to, you have to have your feet in the ground, you have to be, be connected to this ground. And but the fact is, when he was talking, he was so to speak on a, on a spiritual level, and he like he like he like he gives the example. He says that in Shabbos. On Shabbos, he was two thirds in the spiritual worlds and only one third down in this world, and not it wasn't only because of the, of the, of the quality of Shabbos because that's the Balshanter. He's on a very very high level, and that's why he finished off and he said. But the rest of the week, it was the opposite. He was one third in this world and two thirds in the in, in, in the upper world, but nevertheless, it didn't affect him. Why? Like he used the term Goli Viadua. That means it's revealed and known to him. So in other words, you can have so to speak both components. On one hand, you're disconnected, but on the other hand, you see everything that's going on and doesn't affect you. That, that's the power of Yosef, that's the power of the other leaders, etc. And that's the power of the world of Atsilos, that in Atsilos it's infinite, the light and the vessels are all one, but from there it can come out finite. So therefore, so there, we can understand from this as follows that even in the vessels of Atsilos, there, there is there is no change and you, it doesn't get affected. And that's why it says, like the Zohar says, man in means my vessels, the vessels of Atilos, which are, which are higher than any, any, any limitations. <clears throat> but it has the power that from it can come out finite outside the world of Atilos. And the same thing applies to the infinite light. The way it comes down to this world, to the lowest, lowest levels, even to the center. That even over there, it's there in the most powerful level. And even though it gets involved in it, like he gave the example of Hashem Tov, and we know that righteous people are compared to Hashem, that they, they're able to answer based on what he's here, but nevertheless, it doesn't create an effect. So what, he's, what he went through this whole thing to explain is that in one hand we're saying the infinite light is here, how come it doesn't get affected? And the answer is because it's an infinite light that does not, just like in the world of Atsilas, it's infinite, but it has the power to create out of it. The same thing also is this infinite light can be in the lowest levels and not be affected by it. Just like Yosef and the Balshandav, etc. Now, <clears throat> it's not only because you can't compare, it has no connection 
like it's so to speak, the infinite light is here and it's disconnected from the reality of where it is. No, because that's not enough. Because the fact is, it's there and the soul is in the body. And the fact is, we know the soul and the body are opposites. But there's something which is called the, the infinite power of Hashem. I'll say it in Hebrew, Koya Hamatli Lases. Hashem has the power to take a body, which is physical, a soul was infinite, and somehow put them together. And like he gives the, the ruling of the, of the Ramon, Shulchan Aruch, he says, and after the, the soul comes into the body, it does get affected by the body. However, when it comes to the infinite light, like, so he brings from the Zohar that says, um, and on base in the verse where it says, Ein Kodesh Ka Hashem. There's no holiness like Yudke Vavke. So he says a different level of holiness. There's different levels of Kodesh. But nevertheless, the Kodesh Ka Yudke Vavke, that's the highest one. Why? Because holiness in the level of a Seder Ishtalsh is where he comes down from one world to the next. So it's holy and it's separate. Um, because it doesn't really engage in it. But the Kodesh of Yudke Vavke, Knows, is even when it gets involved, even there it's, ho- it's totally disconnected. And it doesn't get involved and doesn't, doesn't get affected. So I'm saying there's different levels of Kodesh. There's a part that in, if, it got, if it got involved, it would get affected. So it stays disconnected. The power of Orion Sayyid that can get involved and still, still won't be affected. And like he gives the example, a practical example, and he says like this. Take, for example, if you have light. It goes through, um, uh, through, through a glass. And then you have different color glasses. So you have light. And let's say you have different color glasses. So take, for example, the example he does, you have a, a red glass, you have a green glass, and a white glass. Three different colors. Red, green, and white. Now, why did he pick these three? He says, because these three, uh, these three glasses and these three colors of red, green, and white is referring to the three strand, strands of light in all the level of Seder Hishtalshalus, which we know. Red represents the left side, which is judgment. The green is actually the center. And white is the right side, which is chesed. So again, red is judgment on the left, the white is on the, on the right, chesed, and green is the center. Now, when the light comes into the glass, and if somebody looks at the light <coughs> through the glass, so it depends what color the glass is. If you're going to look at through the red glass, you're going to see red light. If you're going to look through the green glass, you're going to see green, gla- green light. And if you look through the white, you're going to see white. But the question like this, is did the light change? No, it's the same light. It, the glass is creating an obscured vision of, and you're seeing the light differently. Even though obviously the light has some kind of relation with the glass, <clears throat> because obviously it's fitting in, in there. And, 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 and because of that you can say that, 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 that after when you look at it, you're seeing green light, the red light or, uh, or, or white light. But the fact is, how could that be? Because the light is infinite. And even when it comes down in here, it stays pure. So the, the light doesn't change. It's the glass that creates, creates a difference. So therefore, <clears throat> in everything in, in the human beings, even in our highest powers that we have, take, for example, the power of intellect. Seichel, intellect, which is a power. It's not a life of power. So that, the, the power in our intellect, it's not light. It's, it's more of a power, and it's not, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's not a simple light. It's complicated. And like he brings from the Rebbe Rashab, and again, we're going, we're going through different Chabad Rebbeim, we're holding the Rebbe Rashab, he brings at length that the power of lint intellect 
even though you can say it doesn't change, uh, because that's seemingly like he would say, because the fact is it's the first revelation, Chachon Binadas, it's intellect, when it, when, you know, as the intellect comes from the essence of the soul, <clears throat> but nevertheless, it's already a level of a power, and it's not light, and the fact is, in power, in a koyach, in a power, it, there is room for, for change and to be affected. And that's why we see that in intellect, which is the first power that even though it comes from the soul, we see that there is a, a internal intellect and there's an external intellect. There's a deeper intellect and there's more of a, uh, a loose intellect. Now, and this is not only because of the, 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 the refinement of the vessel of the, of the, of the, of the, of the brain that's thinking. Because, in other words, somebody has more of a refined uh, brain. Um, he's able to receive something more deeper and something that's not refined gets more of like a superficial level. Because if it was only from the refinement of the actual brain, so it's, it, then you wouldn't have the possibility to have a deeper intellect and, and, and more of a fluid intellect because it would have to do with the, the brain. If it's all about the brain, so whatever, the, whatever level brain you have. But the fact is, we see... That the more a person uh, thinks and and uses use, uses the brain, <coughs> it, it should be able to receive more light. And we see the practice of the opposite. After you understand something very very deep, you can have something you can understand something more on a superficial level. So you see, it's not about the the brain itself. It's the fact that it's about the power of the intellect, and the power of the intellect does change. And you also can say it's because I'm busy thinking about this, and now I'm I'm going to think about something else. And if I can, this this is more deeper, and that's more 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 lucid, etc. Why? Because you can find something you're thinking about something very very deep, and you get all the details of it, and but then then you start thinking the external part of it. So obviously, you must say that when it comes to intellect, it's not because of the refinement of the brain, but there's there's, there's literally changes in the intellect. And that's why it's called koyach ha-seichel, and not oyer ha-seichel. So in other words, when it comes to light, just like we use the example for with the, with the light in the glasses, light doesn't change. Light is pure, it's simple, etc. Koyach, a koyach, a power, like for example the brain, that does change. And it's not like we find that in reference to light, you can say there's differences, for example... Just like there's a difference between an internal intellect and an external intellect. So you can say there's a difference between the light of the sun, the light of the moon, or the light of the of a candle or a torch. No, but there is that's not a difference in the light itself. This is a this is the light that's connected to the to, to, to the sun. This is a light connected to the moon, and this is a light that's connected to the candle or to a torch. So that's why it's a, but the, the, but the any light is the same. And he continues on to explain that even that we see that in light, when it comes down lower, it's not the same intensity as of, as its source, and that's because light is a creation. But when you're dealing a regular light, but when you're dealing with the light of the infinite part of Hashem, which is infinite in essence, so even when it comes down, it's the same power, because nothing changes and it's not affected. So what they're saying is like this, that when it comes to oyer, oyer is simple, the highest to lower. A koyach, like intellect, that changes. Now, there is a light that gets weaker, a finite light. But the infinite light is the same, from the highest level to the lowest level. So the infinite light of Kach Baruch is all over. Now, 
And this is how he actually finishes off this chapter and he explains how it's possible that literally in the lowest level, again, lower we're talking about in Klippot, in personal rebels, etc. The infinite light is all over. And later on, the chapters afterwards, he, he continues and he finishes off and he explains the idea that this is what we say that the Oyer is on the highest level. And where it's there, and it's in a way of no limit. <clears throat> and these two components, the highest and the lowest, is called Oyer light. Now, what is light? Light, what's the essence of light? Light is revelation. So this powerful gift that Hashem is on all levels is light revelation. But this is, and that's what we have. But there says this doesn't come to the treasure. Because he spoke before in the beginning that Hashem gives us the, 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 the highest light, but not only the light, but he actually gives us the treasure. Now, even though <clears throat> this light is much higher than the way we, what we normally have access to, and it's obviously a much powerful light, and that's why, for example, when it comes down to the lowest level, it doesn't change. But the fact is, uh, um, uh, so light is all about revelation. However, a treasure is concealed, and it's not about revelation. But but we have so both components, and this powerful light from the highest level to the lowest level, and this treasure we give to every single Jew who is part of the God's army. Why do we give? Why do we have? Why do we have these treasures? The light and the treasure, so we can go out to spiritual war. St- the war starting with the Yetzirah, with the evil inclination. Like we know it says the evil, the, the, the evil inclination that we all have within us, which is the Eitzahara. And we go in a way of Benatseach, where we're going to be, we're going to be successful. Like he explains in, 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 the, in the Talmud, was it referring to building of Jerusalem? That you build within yourself a Jerusalem. What is, what is a spiritual, personal Jerusalem? That we have, Yir Shalom, we have complete offer Hashem. That we can do it, how do we do it? When we do our spiritual work of a serious never self-sacrifice. And which, as we said, is higher than anything that we have intellectually. And even the highest levels of intellect. And that's the treasure of being all for Hashem. And every single one of us have this treasure. We all have the treasure. What's the treasure? The treasure of Mashiach's Nefesh. How do we have it? We have it because it's a part of Hashem that's within us. The Yechida, the part of our soul, the, the most powerful part of our soul that we, we see from the, from, from, from the one Hashem. And through the fact <clears throat> that we go ahead and we and we and we and we pull out this treasure and we use it in our spiritual work of Messias Nefesh, and we will be successful in the war, and we'll we'll affect that we that Hashem will release all the treasures that we that uh, that He gives us all the powerful treasures, even higher than the Iron Saif, which is higher Milan Kesalan Taklas, knows that's one level. He gives us that, but he gives us even deeper tre- treasures. And that's the whole idea where it says in the Medrash. That when many people went to the city, some people said, Oh, they want the, the, that uh, the, uh, they want this, and the, the other person said they, they they're excited about something else. But one person said the one person was excited about a horse, somebody an officer, etc. But the smart person said, What do I want? I want Hashem Himself. And that was the spiritual work of the Alter Rebbe. And afterwards at Samar Tzedek. And he and he said it and he and he made it made it public that he said, Me Liba Shamayim In heaven and earth, I I don't want your heaven. I, your your lower your, your lower level of Ganadin. I don't want your higher level of Garden of Eden. I only want you, Hashem. 
And then he says in Yiddish, I don't want your lower level of Ganadin. I don't want your Ganadin, your higher level of Ganadin. I want you, Hashem. And this is what we demand from every single one of us. That we should say focus and we should say, Anna Nasib Malka. We want the king himself. We want Hashem himself. What, and what do we want? Not a level. We want Atmos. We want the essence of Hashem, which is even higher than the Oiren Saif. The infinite life, which is on the highest level and the lowest level. And how do we affect that? When we person is not intimidated from the falsehood of the world. And you transform the world by doing our work with self-sacrifice and shtus de gdusha, to be going overboard in a holy way. And we transform it to make it from the falsehood of the world. We make the keresh, the planks of the mishkan, and a mishkan, a dwelling place for Hashem. And through that we affect the shachanti besoichem that Hashem is going to dwell in the world. And we create a dira lo yizwar with a dwelling place for Hashem down here. And we know a dwelling is... What's the dwelling? The essence of the king is there. The way he is. And he's there not in a concealed way, but in a revealed way. And how do we create that Hashem should be here in a real way, in a revealed way? That is through V'shachanti B'soycham. That Hashem dwells within us through our avoid of Eskafia and Eshavcha. And Hashem dwells literally between, with B'toich Kol Echad V'echad Nisrael. Hashem dwells amongst us. And that is the greatest gift. The gift that we need to know that Hashem is everywhere from the highest level to the lowest level. And we go on Masira Snefesh. We go on self-sacrifice. And we only want Hashem. We will reveal Hashem in this world and we'll have the greatest blessings of the revelation in a revealed way of the essence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. So thanks so much for joining us for our great class. Let's hope our next class will be in Yerushalayim, Irak Hoidesh, with the revelation, the full revelation of the essence of Hashem, and God willing, we'll be learning Torah from Hashem Himself uh, in Yerushalayim, Irak Hoidesh. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.